Hey everyone, Andrew Seeley here, and welcome to another episode of Air Check, a podcast produced by the WVU Alumni Association. My guest today is Zach Hill, Senior Director of Communications for the Philadelphia Flyers. Zach has been with the Flyers for 26 years, and in this conversation, we talk about how his career started with the 76ers before he made the move to hockey, and Zach tells us about the time he spent Thanksgiving with Charles Barkley and why Charles didn't want anybody to know about it. We also talk about what folks can do to get their foot in the door in the sports industry and how Zach made a positive impression on the 76ers general manager when he started with the organization as an intern. With no further ado, our ninth episode of AirCheck. Let's go. Zach, thanks so much for joining me. Well, it's good to be here, Andrew. So for those who don't know who you are, yeah. uh, could you just kind of introduce yourself and let us know what it is that you do for a living? Sure. My name is Zach Hill, and I'm the Senior Director of Communications for the Philadelphia Flyers of the National Hockey League. And I'm uh, six games away from finishing up my 26th season here. It's 26 seasons with the Flyers. With the Flyers, yes. So what does, what does your job entail? What's a day-to-day look like for you? You know, that's the coolest thing, Andrew. It's when you ask, what, what's a typical day like? Well, guess what? There is no typical days. It's different every single day, and that's why I like it so much, because it's not monotonous at all. I could be doing something, and our general manager or our coach will call, and I'll have to drop what I'm doing and work on something else. If there's a trade or if we're signing someone to a contract, you know, you just have to, uh, you have to juggle. And uh, I've become pretty good after, after all these years. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get here at the fly? So 26 years ago, yeah. what, what were the steps to get here to the fly? Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I can even go back further than that. Um, I was working on my master's degree at West Virginia University in sports administration. My brother, Bunker Hill, believe it or not, he was the first graduating class from WVU, and he got a job right out of the gate with the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought to myself, oh, man, he's got it, he's got it made. So I thought, well, you know what? i got to start doing this. And I started taking classes. I was also a, a substitute teacher, uh, elementary education. That was my undergraduate degree with uh, WVU. And so I started taking uh, classes to, uh, to get my master's. And back in the fall of 86, actually the winter of 86, I was 12 credits shy of getting my master's degree. And I needed an internship and for six credit hours. So I wrote, I mean, the, old, the old-fashioned typewriters, I got out and wrote over 100 letters to football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, every team in the league. And out of those 100-plus letters that I mailed out, I got three says, said that they'll interview me for an internship. And they were the San Antonio Spurs, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, I got out the map, and I saw that Philadelphia was only a six-hour drive. So I called the, uh, the um, Sixers, and long story short, they said, when do, you want to, when do you want to come out for an interview? I said, I'll drive out tomorrow. I drove out the very next day. I did the interview. They said, we'll take you as an intern. And uh, my first day as an intern with the 76ers, which January 5th, 1987. And I, I was an intern for three months there, and about probably two or three weeks before my internship was up, the general manager said, uh, we know you're, don't, you don't have your master's, you need two classes. Do you want to go back and get your, your credits, or do you want a job? And I took the job, and so in 1987, I was six credit hour shy of my master's, and in 2019, I'm six credit hour shy of my master's. 
hey, that's okay. It seems yeah. to have worked out a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. So I was, uh, I worked uh, in the box office for the 76ers. This would have been Dr. J. Julie Serving's last year. And uh, it was just by being lucky that there was an opening in the PR department. And so I was hired as a PR uh, assistant director. And then a year later, PR director. So I went from an intern to a PR director of an NBA team in like a year and a half, two years. So it happened pretty fast. And uh, and I can tell you right now, I never worked in a sports information uh, sports information office, so I really didn't have any kind of training, and uh, it was pretty much learning on the fly. And and you know what I could say that learning on the fly is is, is better than any textbook you're going to read. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of your most fond memories of working for the the Seventy Sixers? I'll tell you what, probably involved Charles Barkley, and I'll give you a story on on, on what type of person he is and this is I hope he doesn't get mad or he listens to this podcast because he hated publicity but anyway it was Thanksgiving and I'm in the uh, our offices at the time were located at Veterans Stadium and I'm working on the game notes I think we were playing the Houston Rockets or somebody like that and and Charles calls me and he says hey what are you doing right now I says well I'm working on the game and it's Thanksgiving so I'm just going to go home and you know have uh, dinner and he goes well finish that up and uh, let's go to the Children's Hospital of uh, Philadelphia. And I thought, well, for what? He says, well, I want to visit the kids. I hear that there are a lot of kids that don't get to see their parents at Thanksgiving, and I'd like to go. So why don't you get some, uh, some publicity photos of me and um, uh, me, you, and my brother, Daryl. His, his brother was Daryl, and uh, we decided to go to CHOP. So right before I was leaving, I called back Charles back and I said, hey, Charles, you know, this is just awesome. This is a great thing you're doing here. Could I possibly call the TV stations, get the TV stations there, get some nice publicity? He goes, you do that, I'll never do anything for you again. So he wasn't doing it for the publicity. He was doing it because he just wanted to see the kids. And to me, that just, I, that never left me. And we ended up uh, spending about two hours there, two and a half hours there visiting all the kids. And a lot of the kids did get to go home, but there were the ones that couldn't go home and they couldn't see their parents. And, and the ones whose parents were there, I mean, it was just Unbelievable! You walk in a hotel, or not hotel, but a hospital room, and you see these 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 parents tearing up because here is this superstar, this NBA superstar, taking the day out of, of Thanksgiving of all all days and just to visit. And we stayed there for about two and a half hours. So anyway, we're we're leaving, and I I have a little Dodge Omni with the old. You have to manually roll down the windows and he taps my window and he says what are you doing now and I says well I'm going to go back to work at Veterans Stadium he goes come on I know a homeless shelter and just like that I followed him to a homeless shelter we parked on the, the street and, and this is unannounced Andrew this he no one knew about this and he just knocks on the door and uh, a little old guy just opens the door and he looks up because Charles about six four six five and he goes you kind of look like Charles Barkley <laughs> and and and, so, <laughs> and sure enough you know he says yeah I am Charles Barkley Charles just invites him inside of the house. I come with him, and uh, we have Thanksgiving there. You know, he he gets he gets up, walks to the kitchen, opens up the oven, pokes the turkey, and and we had it there. And this was totally unannounced. And something like that, you know, it just you you see it in in people's eyes and how thrilling it is to meet somebody like that. And and for me to be a part of it, I, I thought it was magical. And I just think the world of charles well that's and that's really what it should be all about right when, oh. and you know taking that the, the fact that charles is taking that that fame uh i mean everybody knows charles barkley yeah. and, and to give back on uh, you know on a, on a national holiday like that yeah a whole new respect for charles barkley well i sure. and and like i said he didn't want the publicity you know he was doing it because that's the type of person he is now there are athletes um out there that when the cameras are on 
they're on. And when the cameras are off, they're off. All right. Charles, 24-7. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you you spent how many years in, in with the 76ers? I was there from 1987 to 1993. And in August of 93, I joined the Philadelphia Flyers. What was that? What was that transition like? So having not spent much time in you know the sports information right. world, a year and a half, you're you're already uh, you know a director for the for the 76ers. Right. Then you move over to hockey. Uh, were you relatively familiar with hockey, or was it a new zero? <laughs> so it was a relatively new world for you. It was a total new world for me. Now I had buddies in high school that played you know uh, hockey in, in Wheeling, West Virginia, but uh, to say I knew anything about hockey, no, I did not. But what I did know and what I am good at is uh, people skills. And I deal with the media really well. I deal with the athletes uh, very well, at least I hope so. I mean, after 26 years, I hope I kind of get it. But uh, it's the ability to, to communicate, to be truthful, uh, to be honest, and don't play favorites and treat everybody with respect. So what was that, what was that initial position with the Flyers? It was a media. I, was, I came on. I was left the 76ers as public relations director. And I think... Andrew, we're talking years ago. So sure. I think I was uh, director of media relations or something like that. Now I'm senior director of communications. Okay. And uh, it was uh, it was an eye-opening experience, but I, I learned very early on the the uh, personality of a hockey player. But because there was um, Fox 29 came out, this was like my first day on the job, and they wanted to interview one of our uh, one of our goaltenders. And I, and I walked into the training room, and he was actually he was getting weighed. He was on a scale. And I said, uh, Tommy, his name is Tommy Soderstrom. And I said, uh, you know, Fox 29 wanted to interview, uh, wants to interview you. Can you come off? And he goes, of course I can. It's, it's our job. And when he said that, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be good. And you know, when, when a player says, yeah, it's our job to talk, it's just like, wow. And, uh, and that was like one of my first days on the job. So after that, I just thought, this is going to be this is going to be fun. And uh, after all these years later, it's still a lot of fun every day. I still get – you know what, Andrew, have you ever played high school sports? I did, yeah. You did? Okay, well, now when you were getting ready to play the sport, like the day before, an hour before, did you get the butterflies? Of course. Okay, I get the butterflies every day. Yeah. I want to come to work. And that's, that's – it's almost like uh, I'm, not, I'm not a competitive player, but I'm coming to this job where I get nervous. I get – but it's a good nervous. It's, you know, it's an enthusiasm, a passion. So speaking of that and speaking of where you where you work, can you kind of tell us where we are today, where we're sitting, <laughs> yeah. what are we looking at? For folks who are yes. just listening to this, uh, where do you work every day? I, I work at the uh, Voorhees uh, Skate Zone in, uh, in Voorhees, New Jersey. It is the, where the Flyers uh, – it's the uh, home of the Flyers practice facility. And uh, we are right now in our press conference room. Behind you, Andrew, is the banner. So whenever you see the Philadelphia Flyers uh, press conference, this is the room that they do it in. And uh, to our left, we are overlooking this big pane of glass that overlooks the ice. And so my office is connected to this. Uh, well, uh, there's a wall that separates them. But uh, I just wheel around in my chair, and I can watch practice. And so I'll know when it's time to open up the locker room because I can see the, uh, the guys leave. And once the guys leave, I open up the locker room. So you said one of the things you love about your job is that it, you know there's no there's no day that is the same as the last. Right. But what are some of the responsibilities that you do have within your job as you're overlooking the, the, the ice? Well, I guess the, the main the easiest definition would be I'm the liaison between the Flyers, management, coaching staff, players, and the media. So if uh, a newspaper reporter, uh, 
someone from the radio or TV stations want to interview a player or a coach or a general manager or a president, um, they'll contact my department and we'll coordinate it. And I, and I tell you right now, back in the old days, it was a lot harder because you didn't have cell phones. I mean, there were not cell phones in 87. And, uh, I, uh, I got my matter of fact, I got a quick story about that. This, it was back in, I think it was 87 or 88, the guy, his name was Connolly Brown, and actually he played for Villanova basketball, and he, and he worked for the Sixers, and he brought in this big, looks like the size of a shoebox. And he goes, look, I got a portable phone. I'm thinking, wow, that's really cool. And now look at him. You can put him in your, in your back pocket. And it's just like uh, the, way, the way, the dissemination of, of information is so fast anymore, you know, and, and people want to be first. You know, that's the, the world of Twitter. They want to be first. The problem with that is sometimes you, 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 you want to rush and get something out, and it's wrong. And uh, that's why I just I, – I, I love what I do, but I, I also – I'm very big on accuracy and uh, and I, I hate correcting media members when they're wrong, but you, know, you have to because you want to be you want to be right. Yeah, everything should be accurate. Yep. What in in your twenty six year tenure here? What has been the largest change? What's been the biggest change in media relations with with players and coaches in the last in the last quarter of a century? Well, I, I think the speed in which information is getting. We just mentioned that it's just so fast. Um, when I when I was with the uh, Sixers and when I started the Flyers, we had it was a four minute fax machine. You know how fax machines it would just spit stuff out right now. Well, you don't. I don't even know if they make fax machines anymore with the way information's getting out. <laughs> but the, what we'd send out a press release. You'd mail the press release. Well, when you mail the press release in the mail, I mean by the time it's, it's old news, that's two three days later. So right now, it's the information is just out so fast, and uh, I know I, I it's good. But it's also, you know, there's a there's a fine line there that sometimes uh, uh, people will want to be first, and when they when they want to be first and they put it out there, it's not right. What was it like? Um, so, at, as a member of the Flyers organization, you witnessed the the upbringing of Twitter and yes. and social media, and so all of a sudden, fans are talking to play or have the ability to talk to players yeah. directly, and vice versa. How did that change the the sports information and media market? I don't, I don't know if it's changed it, it that much. It, it's uh, you know, our hockey players are engaging. I'm, I can tell you right now, Andrew, they are the best athletes to deal with, bar none. And don't take my word for it. You go call somebody from WPVI or or, or KYW or Fox or the Philadelphia Inquirer, or the, the Daily News, or the Bucks County Courier. Call any media member that covers the four sports, ask them who the easiest athletes are to deal with. And I'm going to tell you right now, 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 are going to say hockey players. Just awesome. They're just good guys. They are just good guys. They have no egos. You know, they come from, I don't know, maybe like small towns over in Europe or, or up north in Canada. And they just, I don't know if it's just good pairing, but they, it's, it's, they are just, I mean, if I need something, uh, I could give someone a call and boom, get it done. And is that that's not just the Flyers? That's just across hockey players in general. Well, I, I can only speak on behalf <laughs> sure. of the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I assume mm. that that that's probably the case. But here in Philadelphia, it's uh, it's it's like that where they are just very accommodating, very fan friendly, and uh, and I tell you right now, they don't like losing. I mean, they take their losses. I mean, it's, you don't see them smiling after games. They they get really ticked off. So it's 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 passionate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, let's let's take a moment to rewind a little bit and sure. let's let's talk about where you know where did you grow up, and <laughs> and and how did you get to WVU? Well, this is going to take some time now. Andrew. No problem. That's All okay. Right. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I was uh, I was born in a small town in Blair, Ohio. It's right across the river from Wheeling, West Virginia, and uh, I lived there. Uh, I was born there in '62. Yes, I'm old. And I uh, in 1969 um, we moved to Guam. It's an island in a. It's a U.S. territory, uh, closer to Japan than it is to Hawaii, and we lived there from '69 to I think '72. We uh, moved back. It was the four of us: my mom, my dad, uh, my brother Bunker, and myself. And we moved back to Wheeling, West Virginia, and I was there from fifth grade until twelfth grade. I graduated in 1980 from Wheeling Park High School, and then I, my freshman year, I went to West Liberty State College. Uh, the Hilltoppers, and transferred to West Virginia. Got my undergraduate degree from West Virginia, and then I started at University of Missouri in uh, journalism, and I transferred back to West Virginia. And when uh, I was working on my master's degree, that's all caught up right now. Yeah, so what was the decision to transfer from West Lib to WVU? Because West Lib's a great school. It is a great school. Um, and I'm not throwing any shade at West Lib, but it was just really small, and I wanted something a little bigger to meet more people. A lot of people from West Lib I knew in high school. No, a lot, a lot, a lot of them were like local, and uh, I just wanted something bigger. My brother was down there, and uh, he said it's a, you know, it was a nice school, great football program, and so I just transferred down there just to just to meet more people. So you you followed Bunker down to yeah. to Morgantown. What is West Virginia? What is your West Virginia University like? What's student life like for you on campus? When I was there, um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I mean, I did I did study. I mean, I didn't flunk out. No, I I was a, I was a B student. I'm not going to say I was a on the, any kind of dean's list or anything like that. But um, we had I, I had my roommates were from Wheeling. And a couple of them transferred down there, and so we we had a lot of fun, and it was uh, very enjoyable. We lived actually. Uh, right across the street from Pierpont. Uh, do you remember Pierpont's right down there by uh, Towers? Pierpont's still there. And actually, uh, what is? The, the WVU Alumni Association is in the Erickson Alumni Center. I look at the way that you look at the Flyers practice yeah. uh, ice, I look at Pierpont every single day. It's directly outside my office. Wow. <laughs> so I actually lived in Pierpont for a year, and then we got a, a, an apartment right across the street from it. And we'd go out there and uh, play football on the street and. Uh, I remember there were because you know it's pretty close to Mountaineer Field, mm-hmm. and so we would sit there and have a we'd have a you know some a couple of drinks on the front porch, and people wouldn't have any place to park. And a guy would pull up and says, "Hey, how much to park here?" Well, you know that's going to pay for something. I said, well, "I don't know, ten bucks." Yeah. And so uh, it was an enjoyable time. I and I love the I love the instruction down there. I actually I learned a lot from him. I don't remember his name. He was a photographer, a yeah, photo uh, instructor. And uh, I'm huge into photography. And I remember having, I think it was at Woodburn. Is, it, is, that, is that the name of Woodburn? So, yeah, Woodburn's, when you're at Woodburn Circle, it's is right it the in the middle? center. That's the, in okay, the middle. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. And then you got Martin on the left, which is where the, the Pearly Isaac Reed School of Journalism for you would have been. And now it's the Reed College of Media. Uh-huh. On the right, you've got Chitwood, which is foreign language. Yeah, I think it might have been Woodburn, but it was, yeah. it was just a, it was a blast. I loved West Virginia. Now, what, was, what were you majoring in? Elementary education. Believe it or not, I was, I got, I did graduate with that, so I was certified teacher K through eighth grade, and uh, 
you know, I was when I was working on my master's, I was a substitute teacher in the county, so I was going, you know, every a different school every day. Yeah, uh, what, do you miss anything about about teaching? Um, you know what, I liked it a lot. Uh, of course, I was a substitute teacher, so I was going to a different classroom every day. So I didn't. There was really no pattern, or I didn't have a uh, a regular routine because I was going somewhere different every day. But no, I loved the kids. I mean, it was it was it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's just that back then the the pay was not that good, and so uh, and and plus the fact that uh, Bunker, my brother, got the job with the Cowboys, and I'm thinking, well, this is this is I got to do that. <laughs> So, so the, and like you said, now we're caught up. So you write those letters, and and, right. and ultimately, without a whole lot of connection to Philadelphia, zero, you had to, you had to the city of brotherly love. Yeah, I didn't have. Uh, I had nobody here. My mom is a retired uh, TV anchor woman in uh, in Dallas, Texas. My brother's down in Dallas, and my dad is retired, and he lives in a little town, St. Clairsville, Ohio. And so I just came out here by myself, you know, and I and I when I came out here. Uh, with the internship in mind, there's no way I wanted to go back. I, I didn't want to. I, my biggest failure, I'm sorry, my biggest fear is failure. And so when I came out here, I thought, okay, there was about six other interns there. And I just knew to myself that I had, a, I, I had to outshine all of them. Because if there's going to be a job that opens up, I want to be the person that gets that job. And I can tell you, here's a quick little story. For those of out there looking for internships, this is a, a selling point that I did that uh, I was an intern, and our offices would, were uh, was at the Veterans Stadium, which has since been torn down. Um, there was a huge snowstorm, and it was about 10, in, 10 inches of snow. And I get out, and I have a front-wheel automobile, so at least I know it has a little bit of traction on it. And I get out, and I think, oh, no, this is terrible. And so I shoveled off the windshield of the car, and uh, I was able to make it to work. It was about a 25-minute drive, normally be about 15 minutes. It was about a 25-minute drive because of the snow conditions. And I pulled in the, the uh, lot uh, at the Veterans Stadium, and there was no cars there except one. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I get uh, my knock on the door, and who opens the door? The general manager. The general manager is the only one who showed up. And he was, and so he invited me. In. First of all, he didn't even know who I was. He goes, who are you? And I says, I'm an intern. And he was just like beside himself. He goes, come on in. So he, he brought me in, and then he took me to breakfast, and he goes, this shows me what kind of drive you have. My entire staff calls out, and you show up, a, a, a non-paid intern. He goes, I'll remember this. And uh, he remembered. And that day may have changed the rest of your career. Could have. You, uh, as an intern, maybe you, you were uh, – I, what I'm trying to say, you, you risked your life to, to, get, to, to get to the stadium. I, I was going to do everything I can. And if you're an intern right now, listen to this. You are a salesperson. And when you're out there, you're selling yourself. Do anything you want. If, if they're asking you to hawk popcorn, you hawk popcorn. You do anything they ask. And that's what I did. When they the interns were in, uh, one, in a conference room at the 76ers office, and as soon as the door opened, they need a volunteer. My, I'm already stu- I've stood up. I said, I'll do it. And so I was just volunteering for everything. And, you know, if it was – I had a background in photography. So if they needed uh, someone to go to a hospital to take photographs, I volunteered for that. Now, this is the old days where everything's digital now. So I'd have to take the pictures, take them to you know, 24-hour service or something like that to get the film developed. And right now it's so much easier. Yeah, but you're putting the work in and you're showing that, eth- that work eth- ethic. 
Um, let's talk about internships really quickly. Do, sure. you, do you have a staff here under you with the Flyers? Yeah, we do. I do. Um, I have my uh, two assistants are Joseph Ville and, uh, and Brian Smith. We also have a videographer. And we do have game night staff. We have, I think we have seven or eight interns that come in for game nights. Um, they, are, they are paid internships. And that really helps us a lot because what we do after the game, when we open up the locker room, we send four interns to our locker room and four interns to the opposing locker room. They record the interviews there, and then they come up, transcribe them, and then I'll proof the uh, I'll proof the uh, the transcripts, and we'll send them out. So if a, if a writer is covering the Flyers and he can't be in the opposing locker room, he has quotes from the opposing player. So it just really helps, and, and the uh, the media do recognize that we we really try to help out as best as we can. That's huge. You know, it, it, I'm sure that there will be students at WVU or, or young alumni who would love to someday hold a position that is similar to yours and have probably grown up loving uh, loving the Flyers, many of them. What what kind of experience, what are you looking for from an intern or an entry-level position? What you know, If you had some advice mm-hmm. for students or young alums, who want to get their foot in the door, um, you know, with the Flyers or with a with a right. like institution? What what would advi- what would your advice be? My biggest advice, and it sounds kind of cheesy, but is to have fun and enjoy it. Um, you also want to be you don't want to be an introvert. All right, you're in the public eye. You're you're in this in a major company, a major sports franchise. So you want to be an extrovert. You know, you want to have people skills, and, and uh, you want to be a go getter. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, you can be, um, I don't want to say, uh, you can be aggressive without being aggressive. But you want to uh, be, like I said, you want to be a go-getter. And just and be, and be nice to people. I mean, I, I'll, I'll blame my mine on good parenting. My parents are both uh, extroverts. They treat everybody with respect. And obviously that, that rubbed off on me. And I just try to do the same thing. But, you know, and, uh, uh, and work your tail off. And volunteer for everything. I mean, the stories I just told you. You know what? If you, like I said, you are a salesperson as an intern, and you're selling yourself, so you have to go above and beyond if you want to land that 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 job. It really is that that you know you call them those soft skills, but but like you said, just just being kind to people goes a long way. How hard is that? Being willing to talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, there are I've heard people talk that there's why are some people in this business? I don't I can't answer that, but I can tell you why I am because I like what I do. You know, there it comes. It's it's a love. Yeah. And so so speaking of that love, this may be the most difficult question of the entire day. But um, getting back to what you do and, and and loving what you do, coming in to work for the Flyers every day, what is it that you love most about your job? Wow, that is a tough question. That's the hard one. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to say the people. I mean, it's. The, the people that work for this company, it's just, it's they're just good people, and it's almost like a family, and uh, you know, and it even trickles, and it even for the media, the media, I get along great with the media, but it's just meeting new people and and, and helping people, um, you know, I, I don't have a, that's probably the best answer I have is just, you know, being able being able to help, being having the ability to to. To bring smiles to people's face, and I'll tell you what I well, what happened about uh, a little less than a month ago. I was talking with uh, the people, the Overbrook School for the Blind, all right, and they were starting a new program of uh, hockey. So I said, "Well, why don't you come over and pl- and practice with the team?" 
and and I just said that without checking with the team first, but I knew that they were gonna they're gonna be fine with it. So I talked to Claude Giroux, who's our team captain. He goes, absolutely. He goes, how many people, how many guys you want on the ice afterwards? I said, well, about the whole team. He goes, okay. So uh, the Overbrook School for the Blind came out and uh, they uh, skated with our guys, and they had they actually have a big. Uh, can't you can visualize it but it's a huge metal puck with the ball bearings in it that makes noise so you know they can hear the puck and uh we skated our guys skated with the uh the students for probably about i don't know a half hour or so and it was just the joy that you saw these kids and it was all over the news i know i, I get the tv stations a heads up but it was just the joy you see on on, on people's on, on kids face like actually tomorrow we have uh from the, I'm going to probably say this wrong, but it's like the, up in Fort Dix. There's a, a, a military base there, and I'm, I invited uh, 18 soldiers to come down. They'll be in full uniform, and they're going to come down and hang out with the Flyers afterwards and come in, get autographs, and they're going to have lunch with them afterwards. And, you know, this is something that I set up about a couple of weeks ago, and I talked to the team. They all said, sure. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. They're just so willing to, yes. to give back to the community, which 100%. is so great to see. Yeah, it really is. How so? When it comes to uh, when it comes to the Flyers, what are what's their schedule like? How frequently are they on the ice here? You know what what are the what's well, their day today, and how hard is it to schedule with them? We uh, we practice pretty much. Well, we only have six games remaining right now, but normally we practice every non-game day. Uh, we actually didn't practice today. We had a game uh, yesterday in uh, Washington D.C. And but we did have a couple of goalies out here taking some shots. Um, but uh, after uh, after practice, practice is like I said, pretty much every day. But uh, when practice is over, we open up the locker room fo- um, immediately. As soon as the first player leaves the ice, we open it up, and uh, the media will come in, TV stations and uh, newspaper reporters, uh, to get their interviews done. After the players are done, I'll go get Scott Gordon, who's our head coach, and he'll come out and address the media. And uh, after that, I'll just come back up to my office, which is right behind you, and uh, do some, uh, you know, answer emails, set up interviews, things of that nature. Yeah, kind of a typical day after that. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's, but but like going back, there's no day that's typical. Sure. You know, every day is different, which is another reason why I like it so much because you don't know what's going to happen next. What are what are game days like for you when when the Flyers are playing here in Philly? Okay, uh, game days. I will say that I'll get into work probably around nine ish, and I get home around eleven thirty at night. So it's a longer day. Um, so I'll go. I'll come out. We have our morning skates here. You know, it's it's funny because we play our games in Philadelphia. We're known as the Philadelphia Flyers, but all of our practices are almost all of our practices are here in in New Jersey, and uh, you know it's 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 a long day, but it's enjoyable. Like you know what, if you have a hobby and and you're like a stamp collector and you love collecting stamps, you can do it all day and you don't get bored. You know, and that's what it's it's. I do this all day, and at the end, I'm still not bored. I like I want more. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So when I walked into the lobby downstairs, yeah. I noticed that the, the Flyers— I'm going to show you the locker room, too, by the that, way. That would be great. Okay. And well, maybe, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take some photos of this space that we're in sure. so that folks can—we uh, can post these online. You and, have on one. Social. I have one of myself here, yeah. People definitely do not <laughs> want to see that, but I will, I will post the ones that I am not in uh, so the rest of the Mountaineer world can can see where we're, where we're sitting because it is a really great view of the ice here. Um, as I walked into the, the, the lobby, this facility is a community center. 
center, yes. not just a practice facility. And, no. and I don't know if that's common. It seemed pretty rare or, or you know, unique as, as, as I was walking in. So, um, you know, how frequently are the, you know the community members using this space? Oh, they anytime they want. I mean, there's and there's games, there's tournaments out here. Um, there's actually there's a sheet here on my left, and there's a sheet on the right, and then there's another uh, playing field. For uh, the Philadelphia, uh, who practices the Wings, the, the lacrosse. That's where they practice on the other side. So there's actually uh, there's three. Well, there's two sheets of ice and another field. So you just mentioned the Wings, yeah. uh, which which leads me to another question. You, you had sent me a photo uh, of yourself and Jack Elliott, who's a who's a player on the Philadelphia Union soccer team. We actually have two Mountaineers who are on the on the. Philly, I did not know that Philadelphia Union. Yeah. Uh, and and so we went. I, I spent some some time on Saturday with with the union. How frequently are you communicating with some of the other teams in the area, or is it pretty independent? It's, it's not a lot. It's it's pretty independent. Um, but you know, if if uh, suppose a, a baseball player, a Philadelphia Philly, wanted to come to one of our games, their PR person would call me, and of course I'm going to help them out. Things like that. You know, you always reciprocate. But it's not. You don't talk to them a lot, but. Everybody knows who everybody is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, I mentioned I mentioned Jack Elliott. Ray Gaddis is the other uh, Mountaineer who plays for the Philadelphia Union. He actually just on Saturday he broke the record for the most appearances by a Union player ever. Wow. When he's he's a Mountaineer, and so the did you go to the game? I went to the game, and it just and we didn't plan this, but it just so happened that uh, the entire the current. WVU men's soccer team was there to support Jack. How Ray cool is that? Camp. So I went up to the stands and and we hung out a little bit with the team, which was pretty cool. But um, and you know that's that's just part of being a Mountaineer. I think that you know people are Mountaineers support Mountaineers, and and they always for whatever reason they they find each other to, to come together. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm very proud to call myself uh, a WVU alumni member. It's awesome. Um, actually, getting back to Elliot, what what how that whole transpired was uh, I was talking to the PR person for the union and uh, we have our goaltender his name is Brian Elliott and they spell it exactly the same way two L's two T's and so we did a uh, jersey I think I sent you that photograph yeah. of the jersey exchange and that's how that came about but uh, whenever we actually did it last year too because the Philadelphia Eagles kicker his last name is Elliott so I, we're, we're going to have to get the three Elliots together <laughs> absolutely yeah for sure so and that's probably that, that leads me to maybe my second hardest question of the day is you know what does it mean to you to be part of that WVU family to be to be a Mountaineer oh it's heritage it means everything As, like I said very proud of the fact that I'm from WVU the education I got there was you know was phenomenal I, I wouldn't I never regretted one day being there. I loved it, and uh, and you know I just I, I I really like the fact that you're here today. Another W because guess what? There's not many around here. Yeah. I, at least I haven't met a lot, but uh, it's just a, I'm I'm very proud to call myself a, a mountaineer. I was like, I really appreciate you having me here today. If, sure. if people want to learn more about you or maybe connect with you in some way, how should they how should they find you? Well, you my address is in uh, on the website philadelphiaflyers.com. Um but my I give you my can I give you my email address now? Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's uh, Zach, it's uppercase Z, Z A C K underscore Hill H I L L at Comcast Spectacor.com. That's C O M C A S T S P E C T A C O R dot com. Awesome. And we will we'll include that on the website and, and uh, in the show description as well. But thank you so much for having me today. No problem. Let's go take a look at the uh, locker room. Let's go.
Hey guys, it's Andrew again, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our ninth episode. If you enjoyed my conversation with Zach, make sure you stay up to date as we release new podcasts on the WVU Alumni app. And as always, you can head to our website, alumni.wvu.edu, for more information. Thanks for listening.